and welcome to episode nine of Athletics Weekly's Ask the Athlete podcast. It's based on our Q&A video series, where we dive into the lives of world-class athletes through questions sent through by you, members of the public. What makes them tick? What's their mentality? What processes have made them the athletes and person they are today? We're joined by current British pole vault record holder, Holly Bradshaw. Now Bradshaw's career took off when she broke the British junior pole vault record back in 2010. Since then, she's won a European indoor title, claimed gold at the Athletics World Cup and finished fifth at Rio 2016. She chats to AW about misconceptions, taking pole vault to the streets, her favorite stadium place to compete at and the skills and attributes you need to be a successful pole vaulter plus so much more. Hi everyone, I'm Holly Bradshaw, the British record holder in the pole vault and two-time Olympic finalist and also an MSc sports psychology student. I'm really excited to be here answering your questions, so I'm just going to go on and, and answer them. So thank you very much for sending them in. First one is, how old were you when you started vaulting and what was your first PB and how does that compare now? So I started pole vaulting in 2008, so that would make me 16, about to turn 17. And um, it was kind of a coincidence I got into it. I've always been super sporty. Um, I'm sure a lot of people have heard this story, but I did football when I was four years old, then went into gymnastics from six to 12, then all the way through high school. I did any any sport that I could get my hands on, gymnastics, football, rounders, netball, anything. And outside of school, I'd play football quite a lot. And then when I was in year 10, I did a school sports day and literally just uh, won everything. Like it, it was just kind of crazy. I did the, the, the 100 meters, the high jump, the shot, put the javelin, just anything because that's kind of the person I was. I just threw myself at anything. And um, I just thought, why don't I give this go a go outside of school and went down to the athletics club, started doing a bit of hurdles, a bit of high jump, a bit of shot put. And did that for a couple of years and luckily my club Blackburn Harriers they realized they didn't have a single pole vaulter at the club so we were going to competitions like northern league divisions things like that and we wouldn't have a single pole vaulter so we were missing out on tons of points so they were like Holly do you want to have a go at these taster classes and if you like it you can you know just rock up to the competition and just get over the opening bar get us some points and actually I did this six-week taster course if you will and absolutely loved it it was something that I'd never even heard of before, never even dreamt of doing. And I just took through it really quick. And within the first six months of doing it, I qualified for a European junior. So it was kind of a bit of a crazy roller coaster. But I guess my first PB must have been somewhere around 210. And now it's 487. So yeah, over double. It's it's quite quite a lot. But I guess you've got to start somewhere, especially with the pole vault. You've got to start super low. And the second question is, do you remember women's pole vault making its Olympic debut in 2000? And if you were too young, what is the first championships you remember watching? So, yeah, I would have been too young um, to remember that. Like, obviously, I look back at that now and think how crazy that it was only 2000 that the women's event made it into the Olympics. Like, it's still so young. But for me, I remember in 2004, I, li I vividly remember living in this house with my parents and my sister and we were decorating and in the tiny little TV we had in the corner, we had the Olympics on. And yeah, that must have been Athens in 2004. And I don't remember specifically watching the athletics. I just remember watching everything. 
I remember thinking like the Olympics is crazy. Like there's all these different athletes doing different things. And just, I remember thinking they're amazing. And at the time I would have been doing gymnastics. So I paid close attention to that and thought this is amazing. But then the first athletics championships I remember watching was 2008. And I'd already kind of just started getting into athletics. Well, I mean, I started pole vault in the October of 2008. So the Olympics would have been 2000, well, August 2008. So I was already involved in athletics. And I just remember thinking, this is incredible. These athletes doing these things. I remember watching Bolt and all those other athletes succeeding there. And I remember thinking, that's really cool. That's what I want to do. And it's kind of what's sparked the... Um, enjoyment and you know the thirst for me to do athletics really um who another question who was the person inspired you to get into pole art and how do you reflect on that now I wouldn't say it was a specific person like I had um, a really inspiring teacher at, at high school who who got me into all these different sports like like I said badminton all these crazy different sports that I would never have took part in but because she was such an inspiration to me, she just drew me to the PE department and I'd just thrown myself at anything. And I think it was her that, you know, kind of showed me athletics and then subsequently got down to the Blackburn Harriers. And it really is, you know, Blackburn Harriers who have made me who I am today. If they hadn't put on those taste sessions, I probably would have never even picked up a pole, never done it. And it doesn't bear thinking about because sport is definitely the sport for me. And if I had never done it, it, it would have been a disaster but it is worth saying that I was when I was young I was a really nervous child like the thought of doing what I'm doing right now you know if you could ask me when I was 14 15 years old that I'd be doing stuff like this I'd say absolutely no way I was so nervous wouldn't even didn't want to read in class I'd be I'd be hiding behind people when the teacher was asking oh who wants to read next that was just you know I had social anxiety and did not want to speak in front of people and yeah, I think athletics has really brought me out into be this this the confident person I am now. But I remember sitting in my mum's car on the first very first pole vault session of these taster sessions, and I just said to her, "I want to go home. Like I don't want to go to this." In my head, this is so new, meeting new people, something that you know it's the unknown. When I was young, it's like the fear of the unknown, and she absolutely didn't push me, but just spun it in a light of go to the first one if you don't like it you don't have to come again but you need to give it a try and that was very much me as a child no I don't want to go here I don't want to go to something new and yeah if it wasn't for my mum not I don't want to say pushing because she did not push me out the car but she definitely you know told me and, and helped me get out the car to try pole vault and she said I was just a different person coming back to the car that day I was just bubbly and absolutely loved it so yeah definitely Thank you to, to her for, for helping me get out of the car. Um, number four question is, what is the biggest misconception about the pole vault? Um, I think people, a lot of people see the pole vault and just think, oh my God, that's super scary and super crazy. And of course, like it is, like when I detach myself away from me being the pole vault and I watch it, it, it does look a bit scary, but it's not dangerous. Um, it's not as if if I got one of you down one day to my pole where I train to do pole vault, you're not running enough a long approach super fast on a big pole flipping upside down. Pole vault is such a gradual process, which for people who are impatient can be really frustrating. But um, you start, and the way I describe it is when you first start, it's like there's a river 
And if I give you a stick and said, you can't get your feet wet, you need to jump across the river. You put the stick in the river and you flip, you'd like jump across. That's basically how you start pole on the first couple of weeks. It's just that you put the pole in the box and try and get onto the bed. And the, the more confident you get, the more, the more you can grip up the pole, the more you can run in faster. That's how you become, you know, on the longer poles, the longer grips going upside down. So I think the biggest misconception is, oh, my God, it's impossible. How do I get there? Oh, my God, it's so scary. It's dangerous. It's really not. It's fun. You know, when you get to a certain level, it is really safe. So I think that's probably a misconception. Another one is like the, the faster you are, the stronger you are, the longer the poles you are, the higher you'll jump. It's definitely not the case. People who are short on small poles have jumped equally as high. And I think that's one thing about the pole is it's not a one size fits all. You can be short, you can be tall, you can be middle, you can be really slim, you can be a little bit muscular. It's it's not a one size fits all, which is it's really good. Another question is which is more enjoyable indoors and outdoors? So this is a, a really, not like difficult question, but they both have the perks. So for example, indoors as a pole vaulter, no wind, no rain. You stand on the runway and you just go. I'm thinking about a toilet takeoff, kick the leg. I'm not thinking, oh, it's windy. When should I go looking at the flag, getting anxiety? So for me, I love indoors because it's just stable. You just go there, you do things, nothing can impact you. However, outdoors is special, like there's the Olympics, there's the world champs, it's not an indoor Olympics. And even when you win a European indoors or a world indoors, of course, it's amazing, but nothing is quite as special as an outdoor medal, an outdoor title, the outdoor performances. And that's why it's kind of really tricky for me, because outdoors is where I want to be performing the best. But indoors is you feel safe. It's like a little blanket. You, you're not going to get a massive headwind and, you know, then it becomes dangerous. But I think if it boils down to it, I'm going to have to say outdoors because that's where it matters. And that's what I love doing. And at the end of the day, it is an outdoor sport. And that's where all the events are. And yes, yeah, it's, it's got to be outdoors for me. Next question is, what is your favorite stadium or place to compete at? I get asked this all the time, and it is such a difficult question because I've, I'm so well-traveled. I've been everywhere around the world, and there are so many nice places. Um, I think one of the most breathtaking ones has got to be the Bird's Nest. In 2015, when I walked up to the Bird's Nest in Beijing, it took my breath away. It was just stunning. It was like beautiful weather, nice and warm. I walked up there and it just blew me away with how magnificent the stadium was. And I think that for me is one of the most, you know, best architectural kind of stadiums where if we're looking at the whole package, um, I've got to say somewhere like London Olympic Stadium, like, of course, People often think that's an, that's a, surely that's an obvious choice. Home Olympics, home world champs. Like I've had some incredible opportunities in that London stadium and it is amazing. And that's partly because of the crowd. There's nothing better than a British crowd when that stadium's full and they're all looking at you and cheering. I'm getting like goosebumps thinking about it now because it's just incredible. The only problem is it's the weather in the UK. I think 
I must have competed there 10 times and one time I've had good weather. Like the London Olympics, we've had terrible headwinds. The London World Champs, cold and terrible headwinds. So it is an amazing place in terms of the atmosphere and a British crowd, of course. But in terms of like performance, I'm not probably I'm not probably not going to jump a PB there because the weather is always unfavorable, I would guess. Um, but then I do need to mention one other place, which is Rotash in Germany, and it's basically a street meet. And you've probably seen it on my Instagram or my Twitter, whatever, but it's basically a runway and it runs out onto the lake and the pole vault pit is on a like um, boards in the lake and it's place is surrounded by trees. Um, it's just beautiful. And you get, there's all tents for beer and hot dogs and you get 2000 people from this town. This town's tiny and they all come down on this one day. You've got music blasting, everyone's happy beautiful scenery and it's where the British record is actually because I just went there absolutely fell in love with the place and just was so relaxed competing because it was so epic um so the next question is the porters are a, such a tight-knit group but does that help or hinder your performance and is the atmosphere different at an Olympics compared to a diamond league so if I start with the final bit of that it's very different diamond league compared to Olympics um the Olympics is just like another kettle of fish. Um, it's it's what you train for. It's what you dream of. So when you go there, you just, I almost see it as like you're in like a bubble. You're in like a headlight, like your headlights are just kind of focused. You're there to do a job. You It's what you've trained for all year. And I can get myself in this major champ zone that I can't at any other comp. And I'm just in the zone so focused. And you've of course got, somewhere between 50 and 80,000 people watching you whereas in a diamond league of course they're special um but it is just another competition and you might not have as many crowds there and you know if, if I if I come eighth in a diamond league um obviously that's not a nice thing but there's not as much weight on it whereas an olympics it's it's everything definitely the atmosphere is very different but yeah to say to talk about the tight-knit group it absolutely helps your performance I've been on a journey where I started competing um, on the Diamond League circuit, being top 10 in the world since 2011. So now we're talking 10 years. And the first couple of years of my career were very different to, to what it is now. And it wasn't a tight knit group. Um, you you'd go to the meet, you do your thing, you wouldn't talk to anyone. You'd, you'd literally, it's like I could have been on my own. I was there, I jumped and I went away. You would, I wouldn't sit with anyone at dinner, I wouldn't sit with anyone at breakfast, I wouldn't talk to anyone in the meet. And that I don't know whether it was just a bit old school, but there was there was a lot of Russian athletes, Polish athletes, German athletes. So there was definitely a language barrier thing there as well, but it just definitely wasn't the done thing. It was very intense. These are your competitors. I'm not talking to them. And that really wasn't me. I was, I've always been bubbly. I've always been talking to whoever. And I'm so glad the atmosphere's changed because now um, it's just it's a pleasure to compete against your competitors and some people disagree with it some people think it's fake some people think it must hinder your performance but for me personally it doesn't um, I am really good friends with Katie Najat, um, Kat Stefanidi, all of the girls out there at the minute we all just get on super well we're out there chatting we're having a laugh and then of course when we're on the runway you're thinking about clearing the bar and you want to you want to you want to win a medal but you don't make it personal it's not oh I want to beat her so I'm not going to speak to her it's not that we all are out there doing our own thing 
you know we don't wish bad on anyone else we want to do well we want everyone else to do well and the good thing about the pole vault is it's you and the runway it's not as if in an 800 meter race if Katie and Ajot elbowed me and I tripped they might be a bit like oh, okay that that wasn't very fair whereas with pole vault it's just you in the bar if I clear it that's on me it's not on anyone else so I don't need to have those really competitive negative thoughts about my competitors and I love I love that we're so tight-knit and it definitely doesn't hinder my performance it makes me better another question who are your top three favorite athletes to compete against oh that's so hard because I do get on well with everyone but like I've mentioned my top one has got to be Katie Najar. I absolutely love the girl. We room together at every single meet. Um, so we literally spend every minute together, even on and off the field. And it's really sad that we've not been able to compete together now for almost a year. So I really do miss her. But we get on really well. And yeah, there's just no ego, no bravado. We're out there wanting to see each other do well. And then... I really like competing with um, Kat Stefanidi uh, on and off the field again. can talk to her and Mitch about anything. We are really close and we have a really good laugh. And then everyone else, you know, we get on really well. Like Ninon, the French athlete, we, I get on really well with her. So there is a lot of friends out there on the circuit, which is, which is really nice. Um, do you think more events like um, the Loughborough or Manchester International are needed within the UK? To help athletes make the step up to international competition. I 100% agree with this. I went to Finland last year and they had a bronze continental tour meet that I did. They had a silver continental tour meet and they had a gold, as well as lots of other little meets like the Loughborough International and Manchester, Manchester International. And my personal opinion is I love the Diamond Leagues and there's definitely a place for a diamond league in the UK, but I de I would prefer to see a diamond league and then a couple of continental tour meets and then a couple more Loughborough Manchester, Manchester international meets rather than the two big diamond leagues because um, Finland 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 is you know I feel like a, a quite although it's big it's quite a small athletics kind of country and if they can do it and have international comp um, competitors come in I don't understand why the UK doesn't draw more of the international market in like apart from the diamond leagues we don't ever get international athletes over and I think if we made a little circuit four or five meets slightly below the diamond league level you'd get the British athletes doing them but also international athletes and it just raised the standard of um you know it'd give opportunities to athletes in the UK to compete against international athletes without without going abroad and I think it is super important to have that level of competition um so yeah I think that that in my opinion that is a really good idea another question is after the successful pole vault garden challenges how else do you think we can engage with more young people to take a pole vault in the UK I think we need to bring it to like the streets um when I competed in the Manchester games and the Gateshead games um I've done them quite a few years. People are so engaged with it. It brings it to the street. There's someone walking past who might be just taking a walk, going to spa, going getting a coffee. They see the event and think, what is this? Like, it's pole vault. Um, and then they're more inclined to be like, oh, how do I get my kid into that? How do? And it's like a vicious circle at the minute. You, you put on a diamond league, you, you might catch one pole vault or two, maybe. But 
it's mainly running events. So of course, if you're watching at home, you're going to think you're going to get a child saying, I want to do that. I want to do the sprints. I want to do the endurance. Whereas I think you really to to get people into pole vault, you need to publicize it more, get it out there, actually tell people what the event is. When I started 10 years ago, I would say 95% of people I came across were like, what do you do? Pole vault? Oh, I've never heard of that. Whereas now I'll walk down, I walk through the airport, like, oh, look, pole vault. And that to me is a massive change that people are actually realizing what the event is. And we can only do that with exposure and kind of partnered with athletics weekly and one of the things that they've been great with is just raising the profile of my event it's getting getting me out there getting pole bottles out there and tell like telling people what we're about and how fun and amazing this event is so hopefully in the future we can have a few more street meets things like that you know the garden challenge was great because and also the lausanne pole vault street meet you you're just watching pole vault so you can't get away from it you're just there watching it and I think more events like that will will make it more popular do you think competitions at non-stadium venues become more frequent um I really hope so in Germany it's every week like I could go to five or six meets outdoors that are all pole only street meets and I, I could do a whole season actually in Germany just on pole street meets They've cracked it and they love it. And I don't see why we can't, you know, we don't have as stable weather as in Germany, which I understand, but we can hopefully do that more in the UK. You know, we have a vault, we have a vault Britain series. So we have a vault only meet in Cardiff, Loughborough, Brunel. We have more events like that with potentially more international athletes to draw people over, you know, France, for example, they do a, a Perch series indoors, which is six, Polo only meets in basketball arenas, in just sports halls, and they have the they usually have five or six competitions running throughout the day, one at nine, one at eleven, one at twelve, whatever, fin finishing with the elite. And this year one of the French meets is that popular. They're doing it for four days straight and they've got enough kids that want to do pole vault so that they're gonna fill these comps for four days. And that to me is just where we need to get to in the UK. Um, and I'm a big ambassador for my sport because I love it. And I just want to get it out there, get more people into it. So then Britain can become a powerhouse in Paul. I don't understand why we can't get there. And I am really passionate about that. Um, question number 12, what would you say are the key skills attributes in order to be a successful pole vaulter? Um, so I touched on earlier that it's not a one size fits all um, kind of picture. Um, you know, if you're a high jump, High jumpers, they're all super tall. There's, there's not really a, a super short one, whereas pole vault, you, you've got all shapes and sizes. But I think um, maybe a background in gymnastics is preferable, but if not, it's really not a big deal. Um, strong, powerful, fast, um, and just like general speed power. You know, I'm 5'9", there's someone who's six six foot, there's also someone who's 5'5", five five that does it. There's someone that weighs 80 kg. There's someone that weighs 70 kg. There's someone that weighs 50 kg. So it is really varied. But I would say if, you, if you, you, you've got a child and you're like, okay, if I had a child now and I wanted to develop them to become a pole vaulter in 10 years, I'd get them fast, powerful, like power to weight ratio. You want to come in fast and be able to jump 
with your body weight so lots of like upper body stuff like handling your body weight in terms of chins um leg lifts things like that all those just like all motor skills things like that I would say are what you need to do to become a successful pole vaulter have you met any of the pioneers of women's pole vault like Emma George Stacey Dragula and from the UK Janine Whitlock and do you have a favorite I haven't actually I've not met any of those um athletes I, I would really like especially Stacey Dragula she was definitely a massive pioneer for the event I know she's doing some great things in America and also in Birmingham in terms of getting kids into pole vault, which is great to see. But for me, the pioneers were like Jensa and Fabiana Mura and Anna Rogoska, that kind of age. When I came into the sport and was competing at an international level in 2011, 2012, they were the girls at the top of the game and they retired around 2013. But for me, they were very much women taking the sport to the next level, stepping it up from 50 to 80 and they were really inspiring and um but yeah I, I haven't met some of the founding pioneers but I, I would like to to meet them do you have any specific heights in mind for 2021 or is it focusing on placing well in events so I have kind of I'm like I said I'm doing an MSc in sports psychology so over the last couple of years well four or five years tried to shift my motivation from extrinsic to intrinsic and I used to be motivated by oh I want to win medals I want to jump high I want to make money whatever all of the things that you associate with being an elite athlete but for me that doesn't work it doesn't result in like good mental health it's too much pressure um I don't enjoy it if I have a bad session a bad comp it feels like the world's crashing down on me whereas now because I'm motivated from within it's all about processes. So uh, am I, I'm, I want to get my swing as good as possible. I want to get my chest in at takeoff. I want to be super fast on the run. And those kind of things are my goals. And that's what I strive towards. And actually, by striving towards them, results in the other things like winning medals, jumping high. So I don't go into a comp thinking, I want to clear 480. I want to clear 490. I want to clear five meters. It's I want to get tall at takeoff, get my chest in, swing hectic and see what happens. And more often than not, that results in good competitions to me. If I go in thinking I want to win, I want to win, doesn't work. And I think I know a few people are motivated by that and that's great. But I think the vast majority, it should be motivated and driven through the process. So when someone asks me, oh, do you have a height in mind? My PV is 487. And for the last eight years, I've always wanted to beat it. And am I in a position that I can jump over 487 with how training's going? I believe so. But with the pole vault, what's exciting is anything can happen on the day. You can go in a massive underdog and win Olympic medals. That's what's great about the event. So that's why I believe putting a height on it is just a recipe for disaster. Of course, I want to break... Um, my PB and of course I want to win a medal at the Olympics and I'm doing everything that I can to try and put myself in the best place to do that but for me that's focusing on my processes and my cues and what's important along my journey so I don't really have a height in mind just executing what I've been doing in training and the last question aside from the Olympics what one of one of the goal have you for this year hmm that's interesting I think for me 
it is to have around somewhere between eight and ten competitions over between 470 and 490. I want to, last year I was super consistent at 460 to 470. I want to nudge that up a little bit and I want to get my consistency to be without every comp, I jump between 70 and 90. And that for me would be a massive goal. So every comp over 70, I'd like to have six or seven comps over 80 and then potentially a couple over 90. But um, let's just see, I'm, I believe being consistent and not jumping, you know, I'd rather have consistency then have one good height, one bad height, one good height, one bad height. How, how do you know what you're going to do at an Olympic Games if you're performing like that? Whereas if I'm like 70, 71, 75, 80, 70, 85, I know I'm around about in this shape and I can go into the Olympics with the confidence of whatever happens, I'm jumping between 70 and 90. And if that wins me a medal, then great. And I think that's what my goal is this year, really. Thanks for listening to this episode of Ask the Athletes. If you love what you heard, then please subscribe to the podcast. It means you'll be notified when a new episode is out and you can also like and leave a review. And if you felt inspired or just really want to listen to it on a walk, jog or while training, then please share it with others as it may make a difference to them. Stay tuned for next week's episode. But until then, goodbye.